0: It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, new sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff.
1: Just open up the door and let
0: the good times in. Tomorrow's gonna be better. This is an encore. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grilling at the Green here on am six dv Answer. Uh, also in Texas and Pennsylvania and the Golf News Network. I'm JT, your host. If you paid attention over the last uh, 20 years to women's golf and the LPGA, you know my guest today, and that would be Jane Blaylock. We're going to be talking to Jane in just a second here. And this segment is proudly brought to you by Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and Ben Hogan Golf. Check out Ben Hogan Golf online at BenHoganGolf.com. They have new club selections and factory direct prices, and they sell straight to you. That's BenHoganGolf.com. Well, um, Jane has got, uh, you're going to have to correct me on this because I saw two different numbers, 29 or 27 LPGA wins, a total of 34 professional wins. Which one was it?
1: Well, that's interesting because it was 29, but two of those events were team championships. Ah. They now count. So they took those two away and uh, Sandra Palmer and I won those together. And we're trying to get them reinstated because the LPGA counts team events now. So okay, that's the reason for the discrepancy.
0: Got it. And then in 1990, you founded JBC golf and that's a, Boston-based company, which Jane is in Florida now, and I'm very upset with her about that. Are jealous, I should say. Um, and you do golf and event marketing uh, and sponsorships for Fortune 500 companies and a lot of that. So, okay, uh, we'll we'll give you more of your resume as we go along in here. Um, Kind of the the background, Jane. you you started out and you really didn't know as a kid anything about golf, but then how did you end up here from that that travel, that journey?
1: Well, it's definitely the, the road less traveled. Uh, I grew up in New Hampshire, which is not exactly a hotbed for golf, given the, uh, <laughs> the short seasons. I mean, when seasons used to be much shorter than they are now. Sure. Uh, so I all, you know, boys in the neighborhood and I played baseball and basketball with them. And uh, so when a new course opened up uh, called the Portsmouth Country Club, so the Portsmouth, New Hampshire, um the my my boyfriend's all went to caddy and so they took me with them and uh the head professional at the club had uh, like nine kids so he obviously was a real uh proponent of uh, introducing kids to the game sure So we started with clinics and playing a little league on saturday mornings believe it or not so that's that's really how i was was introduced and not not your typical thing my parents did not play um later on i encouraged my father to and my um, father was about 6'3". Uh, we played it out of the same bag, and <laughs> 10 cents a hole, and that's how I made my allowance. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, uh, it was definitely not a silver spoon in my mouth situation as far yeah. as being introduced to the game. But uh, I learned it the right way, and I emulated some of the better golfers at the club, uh, you know, watching their golf swings. I said I caddied. Um, <laughs> And I was a natural athlete, so uh, I could chip and putt and get the ball up and down. Um, and then eventually, as time went on, my golf swing improved.
0: There you go. I described myself on Twitter to a group of, uh, I follow this thing called Golf Chat, and it's just fun. And I they were talking about being very close to the green and what clubs do you use and And this and I said, well, I chip like a uh, an overweight rhino with Tourette's system or uh, (laughs) (laughs) symptoms. So I have to be careful of what I use close to the green. Anyway, I digress there. Um, As you were going, did were there opportunities for you, especially trying to get into the LPGA, similar to what the opportunities are today? Or was it much more difficult?
1: Well, it, it was much different um, okay. and uh, it was, you know, just to kind of fill in a couple of the blanks. So um, said I was a, you know, good young player growing up in New Hampshire, amateur, then one New England amateur, went to Rollins College and um, it was um I played, you know, on the. I also played in the tennis team, but played on sure. the golf team. And one of my good friends there um, um, was Bob Lewis, who we recently lost. He was Walker Cup captain and U.S. amateur champion. He was a friend of Bob Tosky's, and he would always say to me, "You know, you're a good player, but you could certainly have a lot of potential." So he introduced me to Bob Tosky. So right after college, I uh, I sought Bob out and. Uh, he, um, without him, I wouldn't be where I am today. And uh, he uh, offered me a job at his club, Ocean Reef Club, which was then a, um, a very uh, understated uh, 18-hole golf facility. Now it's quite a uh, prestigious resort. And uh, so anyway, Bob, uh, you know, gave me lessons and um, I picked up the range and was starter on the first tee and, you know, earned $42 a week. And uh, so that was, uh, and he encouraged me, said, why don't you try the LPGA? And if you don't like it, then, you know, you can always yeah, go back yeah. to your, use your, I was a history government major, you know, use your education. Sure. So, um, but then there was not, there wasn't a qualifying school. You declared yourself a professional, you know, no longer able to play in amateur events, and and then you had to finish in the top 75% in your first three out of four tournaments you played in. So you're actually it was sort of a qualifying, but you're going up against current and experienced players. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like much, you know, the top, you know, three quarters, but uh, when you go against Kathy Whitworth and <laughs> yeah. some of those players, it was a challenge. So I made it in my fourth event. I missed one and then got my LPGA card. So um, that's, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are not aware of that's how things used to
0: be. I didn't know that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Did any of the LPGA tour players kind of take you under your, their wing after you got your card?
1: Yes, very, very much so. A lot of support. And then, you know, then you um you drove from, uh, site to site right we didn't have net jets <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh you know when that so it was so uh, we would caravan and we'd have six eight cars at a time and it was you know we'd all stay together we used to play uh trivial pursuit before jeopardy was yeah yep. and, uh, we did a lot of things together so yeah and the players uh you know they would help um, certainly, with your golf swing, you know Mickey Wright was one of my favorite players. So I had a chance to play a lot with her, and you know she could not have been more supportive.
0: You didn't have a truck that goes from tournament to tournament that, like they do now, that hauls all the players' clubs, and, and uh, one of the caddies volunteers or gets drawn <laughs> to drive it. I, I, I've. Um, Up here at the Safeway Classic in Portland, we've covered that for years and years now. So I got to know some of the people on the inside. And one day I saw them. There was this big box truck there and it was just full of golf bags. And I said, what's that? This was years ago. And and the guy said, well, uh, we're headed to wherever they were, California or something. And I have to be there in in 18 hours uh, because they got the pro-ams and stuff on Monday. You know, and they started. So I didn't know that they did that, but I don't think you guys had that, did you?
1: No, we did <laughs> not. No, we we throw the clubs into the you know into the trunk of the car and haul, hauled our own. And you know now they've got you know all the manufacturers are on site. They have the repair vans, right? And we used to have to regrip our own clubs.
0: Oh, Gemini. Well, at least you know how to do all that stuff.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh,
0: I I. I... <laughs> You know, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, A lot of station wagons, I presume.
1: (laughs) Yes, a lot of station wagons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would just I would just kind of gather that if you're hauling, you know, luggage and and golf clubs and at least four people in a car, you would you would want that. Um, What's your overall thoughts on uh, the LPGA today?
1: Oh, I think it's an it's in great shape now. Um, You know, I think that uh, if you look at some of the new sponsors and some of the purses, I mean, the increase in the prize money is just, uh, it's astounding. Yeah. But it's, it's fantastic. You know, it's, uh, I'm in a generation where we, you know, continually fought for some level of equality. And uh, they're certainly not there yet.
0: Well, I I think, yeah, and I think it's uh, great that uh, you guys paved the way. We're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green. We're going to be back with Jane Blaylock right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. This is an Encore. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here. I'm JT, and today we're talking with Jane Boylock, who is, uh, man, she, I, she, you are a legend. I'm just going to put it that way. You're a legend and a, and a great legend. 29 wins. I don't care what the LPGA says. 29 wins, uh, 34 professional wins. I've got all this. I went to print out some of your stats, and I ended up printing out like five pages. So... <laughs> There was a lot there. Um, Let's talk about what you're doing now uh, with your clinics, uh, your clinics for women and the legends tour. But let's start with the clinics. One question I wanted to ask you is when you're doing your clinics, I'm sure you see some people, participants that are getting fired up and they and they want to play you know, maybe they're new to the game or maybe they just want to take, come attend a clinic given by you, but there's still hurdles, especially for women to get into, to golf, even if it's recreational golf, there's still hurdles there. How, how do you address that in your clinics? And, and what does Jane Blaylock do about that?
1: No, that that's a very good question. And yes, there are hurdles, uh, for women, probably more so in the Northeast, um, where it's a bit more traditional. But let me, with our clinics, it's, um, the word clinic is almost misleading. They're full day events, which really um, will have between 60 and 100 women attend from a variety of companies. And most are there because they want to learn the game of golf to kind of level the playing field, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we know that golf is a sport of networking and relationship development yes so and that's the reason that we created the clinic so we bring in the best lpga and pga women teachers um we have you know breakfast lunch and uh the 19th hole as well toward the end of the day you know they play nine holes and uh it's, um, it's really hands-on, and uh, it, I keep using the word empowering and elevating. I mean, I love those words. And the question is often asked, gee, I want to join a club, but I can't. Well, today, with the popularity of golf, no one can join a club because right. it went, they went from begging for members to wait lists. Um, but, um, you know, we just try to, uh, it's like women in the workplace, they've always faced barriers. As far as, you know, that old, you know, glass yeah. ceiling and we and golf, we call it the grass ceiling. So it just all you can do is is keep at it. And uh, we hope women who do belong to some clubs will affect some changes in some of the discriminatory, poli- discriminatory policies. But sure. Many, many of those are changing. I mean, even Muirfield allows women now and they're going to host the AIG Women's British Open. So um, when that barrier falls, the whole everything else (laughs) is going to fall, too. So I I think that um, (coughs) our demographics for the clinics, we have women from, you know, who are just out of college and first year working at various companies to women who are you know about to retire. Sure. And uh, I'm finding with more of the young women, um, they don't take they don't take no for an answer. That's so true. They don't know barriers and they just uh, they've grown up with much more equality, certainly than those my generation have. So uh, we're, we're seeing lots of changes, lots of enthusiasm at our clinics. Um, so we've been hosting those for for years and uh, I don't teach. I uh, I always joke that any of my friends that want a lesson, I ruin their games because I have to make something up. Um <laughs> But that's why we bring in the best teachers. I do do an exhibition, like a demonstration, during sure. the clinic, and interact with all the participants. So uh, they're, I um, it hugely successful, very, very special days, and uh, and and I, I constantly hear the stories of how. Their careers have been positively impacted from attending the clinics where they just started accepting those invitations to play in charity, corporate events, instead of saying I'm not good enough.
0: I know I've got a 28 year old daughter and I would defy anybody to tell her no, that she couldn't join something or be, excuse me, part of something because uh, that just won't cut it with her. You know, and but that,
1: that's, yep. She, she's the classic uh, clinic participant that we have, you yeah. know, they, they just don't Instead, breaking down those barriers.
0: When. So let's take that to the next step, Jane, as far as the LPGA tour, we've made great progress. I thought Mike Wan did a good job there uh, bringing in more sponsors and now he's off at the USGA. Um, I think they've come a long ways, but I think they've got a ways to go. What would advice would you give them?
1: Uh, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, you're seeing now that you're seeing a change in corporate America. I happen to mention AIG and Chevron, and look sure. at KPMG. Um, and, you know, the PGA of America is is supporting, um, you know, the, the LPGA. So I think it just you're seeing more and more growth. Um, and you are seeing you mentioned endorsements a while ago. You're seeing more companies now. I mean, the top LPGA players now collect billboards. And that that wasn't the case six years ago. Right. So now companies are they taking that sense of equality and diversity and inclusion to a whole new level? So that's going to benefit the LPGA. So now you get those a few handful of companies with big purses. Well, the others are going to have to step up because otherwise, shame on them and companies <laughs> spending the millions of dollars on men's events. Guess what? <laughs> yeah. Gonna have to change, but uh, I also wish you know I. And I'm sure you'll be talking about it in a moment. But with our Legends Tour, yeah. um, it's now Legends of the LPJ, actually. So. The LPGA needs to be more supportive. They, uh, That's going to help all of women's golf because you need to keep those great names out there. Annika Sornston, Nancy Lopez, Julie Inkster, Laura Davies. Um, the LPGA hasn't been as supportive anywhere near where the PGA is supportive of the Champions Tour. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. So we need to do that.
0: No, I understand. And, um, it, it's we're going to actually talk about that in the next segment, which was on my schedule there. But I, I think that, uh, sometimes like when I'm covering, uh, the event here in Portland, they'll have an, uh, one of the players will have a name on a bag or, uh, on their hat or whatever. I have to go look it up because I'm not sure what the company it's a new company to me is what I'm saying. And I, and I don't even know what they do. And so in a way I'm kind of like, that's really a good thing, because like you were just saying, you're you're bringing in people uh, and companies that see the value uh, of these talented young players. We're going to take a break here. I'm going to be back with Jane Blaylock right on Grilling at the Green in just a minute. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. This is an Encore. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef the way nature intended. Also, Ben Hogan Golf. Tour quality clubs at factory direct prices. That's a Ben Hogan golf.com and our friends up at Gunter Wilhelm knives for unmatched quality, comfort, and effic- efficiency. efficiency. I can say that properly in your kitchen online at Gunter Wilhelm.com. If you don't know, I do a syndicated barbecue show too. So that's why you get some food stuff in here. Ah, it it yeah. all, it all comes in there. Um, let's talk about uh, the legends. Uh, you know, I see them here in Portland. You see Nancy Lopez. She comes up here about every year um, because she's good friends with Tom Miletus and, and uh, you know, and, and of course, Judy Rankin's always here on the, on the commentating side, but Judy's going to retire. I think that holding them in high esteem, not just as golfers, but as trailblazers for women is really important. I mean, you guys fought a battle that most people probably didn't even know was existing at the time.
1: Oh, you are so correct. I mean, we had, we had to work very, very hard to get the articles in the newspaper. You know, any type of, uh, you know, television exposure was was a challenge. And uh, again, that's been a very pleasant change.
0: So what's your biggest uh, pleasure with uh, with pushing the, the legends. I mean, um, I know, you know, all these people, but there's yeah. got to be a certain amount of joy in doing, doing that.
1: Oh, it's, it, it's it, well, the fun part is when the tournaments are happening and the camaraderie and, you know, renewing those uh, relationships and, uh, and seeing that because we have attracted very large galleries. And so, because everyone wants to see the names that they know and the players we have are those that, you know, spend time with the crowds and autographs and, you know, and uh, talk to the young kids. And, sure. it's, um, you know, it's personified by great personalities and characters. And uh, it's not as quite as machine like as the uh, young LPGA is, um, you know, so, so to speak. And it's uh, but the challenge is always uh, out there getting the sponsors, convincing the sponsors to put up the money and, um, you know, why they should support it. Well, they should, because, um, you know, women, it's 45 and over women who 45 have all the money in the country. So (laughs)
0: that's (laughs) true
1: companies, you know, as far as the investable dollars. So uh, financial companies should really pay close attention to uh, to what we're doing.
0: Yeah. I'm married to one of those. So I, I, <laughs> I, I get that. I mean, she's put up with me for 30 years doing this stuff, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. So tell us a little inside baseball here, Jane, when you're doing the legends, do you have uh, a parallel person to like Trevino? Cause Trevino will talk to anybody about anything. And, <laughs> and, um, He'll he'll give you little golf tips. He'll tell a story. And then sometimes he would say, you know, back in 86 and and we were uh, in Houston and it was on the fourth hole. And he just and you don't know if it's true or not, but it's a great story. I'm sure there's truth in the basis of it. But who's the biggest character on the legends?
1: Well, we've got Joanne Carner, big mama. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Trevino can't come close to her. No. Uh, she, she's been, uh, she is absolutely, uh, you know, fantastic and is, and is so good. Uh, we have Pat Bradley is very engaging with all the players. Uh, Nancy Lopez never met a stranger. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, but Joanne would definitely be, uh, be a, a character, but, you know, Jan Stevenson is starting to get into that mode as well. So we definitely have, have a wide variety of, uh, of you know characters players but the what i want to emphasize is um just you know the champions tour is age 50 we're age sure. 45 and the quality of golf is absolutely incredible and uh so just because uh, we're a little past the prime the uh i mean a lot of the players just you know they drew linkster hits it 260 270 off the tee Uh, as does Laura Davies and probably even more so. So um, uh, certainly it's entertainment, but it's awfully good golf as well.
0: Does Big Mama still uh, take a drag on a Marlboro and and have a cocktail?
1: Oh, yeah. She's got one in each hand. She's got a (laughs) cigarette in one hand and the beverage in the other hand. And then in between, she's also giving tips on the putting green, but she's not letting go of either of those vices (laughs) while she's giving the tip.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I get that. Um, Who helps you in all these endeavors? Do you have a staff in Boston or is it just you and like somebody that answers the phones for you? Are you doing the are you doing the yeoman share of the work on this?
1: I do a lot of the heavy lifting, but uh, I have a team, you know, we have a, a JBC golf. There are seven of us. And so I have a, a director of operations, director of marketing. Um, my team does a great job organizing the events uh-huh. and, uh, you know, our website, writing the proposals, you know, in hopes to, uh, you know, anticipation of attracting new sponsors. Sure. But it's something that I've been at for a long time and uh, I'm very comfortable doing it. And I enjoy it because it's a. Uh, you know, to give something back and do something special for these players um that truly deserve it. It's kind of that old expression, it's the right thing to do. Yes. Why shouldn't the women who have left the LPGA have the same opportunity that the men who have left the PGA? So that's my my constant battle.
0: Well, I think it's a good battle to fight. I I'm assuming that probably sometimes you get tired. Uh, <laughs> but and especially if you hear I do some sponsorship stuff and I also do a lot of work for charities. I'm big on scholarships for kids. And so I work, not that you care to hear this, but I'm involved in three golf tournaments up here and we raise a lot of money for scholarships for these kids. Plus my wife is a director at a community college. So I kind of, you know, I get the outside thumb in the ear saying, you know, you will, you will help with this. Um, But sometimes I get tired of hearing the nose. When mm. And I know businesses get hit on a lot. I mean, that's just part of the game today is you're always hit on for some charity or event or something like that. Uh, but I think in my world, I've kind of refined the skills of calling their bluff and saying we're talking about the future of these kids here. They might come to work for you in five years or something like that. How how what's your pitch, so to speak?
1: Well, the charity angle is big because as you know, every golf tournament raises uh, a lot of money for a variety of charities, uh, as well as awareness for a variety of of charities. So, uh, you know, in pitching it, we, the demographics that so that's one thing I mentioned earlier that, right. um, you know, we are the decision makers. It doesn't matter what category automotive, uh, you know, even black and Decker tools, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, women are, are, are buying and influencing all those decisions. So, you know, that that's number one. And, um, I said, in using, um, a tournament for our legends and as a reason to give back to charity Uh, client engagement. I mean, what, uh, if you're with a company and you have clients and you pair them with Nancy Lopez, you've got a client for life. Oh yeah. And, and and that, that has happened. And uh, you know, we've got some of our sponsors now we have, uh, well, it's BJ's wholesale club, which is an East coast chain, you know, similar to your Costco Uh (laughs) uh, based up in the Northwest and um, we raise each year oh, between two and three million dollars for charity with our event. And their vendors love it. The, you know, the spectators love it. And it's great, it's great for the company because now, as, as women, we say, I want to go to BJs because they're supporting women. <laughs> so that, that is a, a big angle. And then we also offer clinics for kids. Um, we do all the dinners, the parties, uh, you name it. So um, the players give back in so many different ways uh, during the event. But the biggest selling point is we're a cheap date, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that's I'm not sure if that's you know that's good good or bad. But uh, you know the cost of sponsoring one of our <laughs> uh, LPJ Legends events is a, a fraction. Of the LPGA, certainly the PGA, the Champions Tour, right. even um, even the uh, yeah the other developmental tour, <laughs> it's changed main the Corn Ferry. That's it.
0: Yeah, I, I still have trouble with that name. I well, it's
1: changed so many times i i yeah. kind of lose track but uh so it's um there's just a tremendous opportunity to be involved in golf and to be around all these players with uh such high level of name recognition and great personalities so that's how is that pitch
0: that's good i like okay. it i'd buy it right. i'd buy it i'd buy it um Jane and I are going to take a break. We're going to come back up and uh, come back in a few minutes and wrap up the regular show. And then I think I can con her. I'll pitch her to stick around and do the after hours for a few minutes. It doesn't take too long. And um, she's a great guest. Jane Blaylock is with us today and we will be back in just a couple of minutes here on grilling at the green. Stay with us. Hi everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of grilling at the green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. This is an encore. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I uh, hope you're liking our music today, too. It's out there, little Janice Joplin. That's kind of from Jane's in my era. I'll just put it that way. Um, Also, there's a podcast version of this show, and it's on iHeart and Apple and Captivate and 30 other platforms. And we'll be soon with the uh, SiriusXM streaming service or the iHeartXM streaming service uh, through Golf Newsnet. So there, I'm confused, everybody. But as long as I don't confuse Jane, we're in good shape. What's your favorite charity to work for? You've got a lot of them that you work with. So
1: oh boy that's uh that's a tough question because um it's i mentioned our bjs we have a foundation right. so they benefit uh you know like 500 different charities wherever there's a bj store they select a charity that involves you know children and women yeah. um but i think we're all uh you know i love all the children's charities <laughs> um and I love all the charities that, uh, you know, really help women who have had issues with abuse, uh, the shelters. Um, so it's, uh, I really can't answer that okay. honestly because I've never come across a charity that you that I had, hasn't touched my heartstrings. Sure. And, uh, that it certainly isn't, isn't worthwhile.
0: Okay. Here's a loaded question for you. Um, I personally, and being a bad journalist, and asking this question, but I personally don't think that is loaded. Uh, that women, uh, women's golf, LPGA golf, you know, collegiate golf, all that—they don't get enough TV time. Um, and I come from that place. Uh, and, and you mentioned it earlier: tough getting articles in the newspaper and press releases and stuff what would you advise the all omnipotent powers that cover that uh, make decisions in television? What would you advise them to do to make it more, more fair, more equal?
1: Oh, <clears throat> that's, uh, well, it's not a loaded question. It's just one that I don't know if I can answer that. Honestly, um, it's driven by ratings and, you know, men's golf um, still has the ratings are so high. So they're sure. able to charge more money for the advertisers. So the networks love it and the networks pay the PGA a lot of money and the LPGA still pays for time. And I know uh, just, I do know for a fact that I mentioned the AIG Women's British Open, uh, part of the deal they just negotiated, it will be on network TV and won't be just, um, you know, LPGA is primarily on the golf channel. Right. Right. And it plays second fiddle to wherever, if there's a Champions Tour event or the early part of a PGA Tour event, quite often it's tape delayed or it's not the, you know, the premier time slot. Right. KPM Women's PGA Championship um, is um, they've done a good job. You know, they have the weekend on network TV. So I think that's also part of the new tournament with Chevron. Um, it's part of the network TV. So um, if I had um, if I had the answers, I'd be making and uh, the LPG would be paying me an awful lot of money to be their consultant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, couple of things here. Did you ever feel like when you got up in the morning? Uh, and this is after you stopped competing, but you, you started doing your company and your promotions and event stuff. And did you ever like have the theme song of mission impossible in your head when, when you, you got up to, to go face some of these challenges? Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's kind of a strange question. I know that Jane, but it's just, you had to have, but yeah, you just put one foot in front of the other and kept going.
1: Well, that's how I played my golf. You know, I, I've taken everything I've learned from competing and, and, and being a winner on the LPJ tour. What did it take? What did I learn from that? And um, I'm, uh, I'm definitely a cup half full person.
0: Yeah.
1: To, you know, totally. And, uh, and I would play the impossible dream in my head. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Not the mission impossible. <laughs> and uh, believe that, uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of rejections. But it is so exciting to get that that one or two yeses, and that makes up for all the rest. So uh, I'm uh, it's when you're you know one hole at a time. So you bogey the third hole, you can't lament. You've got to go on to the fourth hole. So I just use that same philosophy um, in in my business.
0: Excellent. Jane and I are going to get out of here on the regular show, but we're going to pick this up uh, in after hours very shortly. Jane, I'd like to thank you for taking the time. Uh, I'm jealous you're in Florida, but uh, it, it truly is an honor to talk to you. And like I said, I think Jane's going to stick around. We're going to do after hours. And everybody, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. Take care, everybody. Good times and tomorrow's Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved. And remember, the key to lower scores, a pencil with an eraser. See you next week.